Welcome back to podcast number seven of Alpha Mom Radio. They are Ashton and Leah, my daughter daughter and son. Say hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Can you tell them your name and how old you are? I'm Leah, and I'm nine years old in fourth grade, and I like to sing, dance, and play soccer. And I'm Ashton. I'm in sixth grade, and I'm 12 years old, and... I like to skateboard, and I like to play basketball. All right. Okay, well, I thought I'd have my kitties on today, and I'm going to ask them a few questions. We have not practiced this except for all of the learning that they've been doing over the past, like, five or six or seven years, right? Yeah. So we have not rehearsed any of this. I don't have anything written down in front of us. We're just going to kind of play around and see how it goes. Okay, guys, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and you guys will take turns kind of answering back and forth. And, okay, so let's start. Leah, can you tell me what some of the bad things are that sugar does to your body? Well, I think it's bad for you, and I... And that you shouldn't have it because it can hurt your body. Okay. What parts of your body? I think that maybe your heart could get hurt if you have too much sugar. Okay. Does it mean like your heart or like the blood vessels going to your heart? The blood vessels going to your heart. Good. Okay. Ashton, you have any others? Um, well, I'm pretty sure that if you eat too much sugar, it can get in your bloodstream. And that can create blood clots. Uh, I'm not too sure about that. But also, if you have too much sugar in your bloodstream, um, it has nowhere to go. So it creates fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about those a little bit. So blood clots, it doesn't create blood clots exactly. But what it can do is it can lead to some of the plaques that form on your the walls of your arteries and those can eventually break off and become a clot so yeah kind of in an indirect way sugar damages your blood vessels and can down the road lead to clots so then the other part about it turning into fat is also true when you have too much blood sugar um, the cells can't take in enough they you know they keep trying to knock on the door and say let me in let me in right remember that video we watched let me in let me in and once the cells are full of sugar and they've taken up all that they can handle and store, then any remaining sugar that's in the bloodstream has to go and be taken up by the fat cells. Well, so, so um, the evolution, if since if sugar is bad for us, wouldn't we kind of, like, we try to verge away from it, but it's really hard because, you know, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. And so... Wouldn't our bodies just naturally kind of, like, have an change our tastes, our palates? Like, have an aversion to it? Yeah, so that we, like, wouldn't like it as much, or well, we verge towards <clears throat> something else? Well, so that's kind of an interesting topic. If you think back, like, let's say, 50,000 years or something, 
20,000, 50,000 years when, you know, we were more like cavemen or nomadic people and we were hunter gatherers. And really the only sweets back then were some fruits, some berries that were just seasonal, right? And they were only there for maybe even just a couple weeks of the summer while they were, while they were ripe and then they were gone and then they weren't there for the whole rest of the year. And there are nutrients in those fruits. So as humans, we were drawn to those because it gave us the drive to go and pick those fruits and eat them for that very short period of time that they were around. And we got the nutrients from them. But now that's not the case. And that's like 30,000 years ago. So. Right. So exactly one of the problems is that the way our bodies evolved over a couple hundred thousand years was one way, but now with our modern lifestyle and all the convenience foods, it's actually working against us, isn't it? It is. It's totally working against us. The thing is, is our bodies haven't changed that much. We're the same as we were 100,000 years ago, pretty much. Not 100,000. Well, 50,000. I mean, genetically, we're pretty much the same. And But in the past just 80 to 100 years, look at how much our food has changed. And that right there, I think, is what's really making it really hard and making a lot of us really sick is that... All those things that we were evolved to, you know, want some sweets because it wasn't very available and then we did get some nutrients out of them. So it was a positive drive to go get those berries. Now it's the convenience store down the road and the big gulps and all that. That's, so it's a detriment to us. So let's go on to another question. Let's see. Do you guys have a question? Go okay. ahead, Ashton. So with the natural sugars, so like say cane sugar and beet sugar and coconut sugar, and then just the normal, like, baking sugar. like That's just white cane. That's just, cane sugar, yeah. Okay. Then why is the, like, the cane sugar and the coconut sugar and the palm sugar and mm-hmm. things like that, why are they more health? Like, why are they healthier and, like, than the normal sugar? Because, like, you like to use that in some of your baking. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you don't do much, but, like... Mm-hmm. So normal, you normally don't like to use normal sugar. Right. So normal white cane sugar is a highly processed. And if you take sugar like um, a coconut sugar or even cane sugar that's, str- that's unrefined, it's brown. And so if you take a sugar that's less refined, it still has some of the minerals in it. So if you have a sugar that's brown, not like brown sugar where stuff is added to it, but if you take a natural sugar, it still has some minerals from the plant. So you're getting sugar but you're also getting some minerals with it. So the less refined the sugar is, the more it's in its natural state, the more it's gonna have some of those beneficial minerals and vitamins and nutrients in it. And I'd also like to ask, um, well, so uh, like juicing Mm -hmm. and smoothies, like they're both the fruit, Mm -hmm. so. So what's the difference? Is that kind of your question? Kinda. Okay, so smoothies, we're putting the whole fruit or the whole vegetable in the blender, right? And we're blending it all up. right? And it keeps the whole plant, so it's keeping all the fiber in there. Juicing, we're taking, it's just the juice, we're taking all the fiber out. Remember when we had that juicer, and we got the juice out of it, drips out the one side, and then on that back side, there was all that pulp? Well, that's all the fiber, and we need that fiber. Mm. That's what we give to the chickens. I know. (laughs) What did you have, Leah? Um, My question is, um, how does, why... So, like, you know how you give us pills every morning? Mm-hmm. Your vitamins. Yeah. So, how does the cod liver help? Like, what does the cod liver do for us? Okay. So, you guys take the cod liver oil capsules, 
and they contain, they have vitamin E. So cod liver oil naturally contains vitamin D as well as vitamin A because those both come out of the liver of an animal. So in this case, it's out of the cod liver. And in these pills, it says it's fermented cod liver oil. Right, and which... so the fermentation process is the process that gets the oil out of the liver and um, helps make the nutrients more available. So you have vitamin A and vitamin D. And then we also take the one that has the blend with the butter oil, so you get your vitamin K2 out of there. So you get all three of those things in those one capsule. And those boost your immune system, help your bone and teeth health. Um, they help your liver detoxify. They help your, all, all sorts of things that go along with your immune system, not getting sick, not getting cancer. And then helping your bones and your teeth be strong and not get cavities. So those are just a few things. I also have another question. Okay. I'm um, just like the cod liver, but what does bones have in them that makes us healthy? Okay, so you mean like when we eat the, when we drink the bone broth soup? Well, like, no, and if you just put bones in and then sometimes you eat the bones because they're really Oh, chewed. soft because yeah. we've cooked them. So like when we cook a chicken and I cook it for so long that the bones are chewy. And sometimes yeah, or I like, like when you put stuff in the crock pot. Uh-huh, and the bones get really soft. Or like the vegetables just break apart. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you put the bones in, they get really soft and start. Right, and so we do that so that we can get the minerals out of the bones. And what comes out of the bones is magnesium and phosphorus and calcium and manganese and all sorts of wonderful minerals that help build your bones in your body. And then also what comes off the bones is the cartilage. And remember when I cool down the bone broth and I show it to you in the, in the, bot, in the jar and it's all wobbly like jello? Yeah. So that is what it is, it's gelatin. And that comes from the cartilage off of the bones that when you cook it down, it turns into gelatin. And that gelatin is really, really good for your stomach and your intestine linings and your skin and your joints and your tendons and your ligaments and your organs and every part of your body. And so that's why we drink the bone broth. And um, so kind of, I think this is kind of similar to Leah's question, but like sprouting. So like you always, we always sprout like our beans or our like um, seeds or sometimes like our nuts. Mm -hmm. So what does that have to do? Like does it bring out more of the like minerals and kind of the nutrition? Mm -hmm. Do you kind of know the answer? Not, not okay, really. so think of seeds and beans. Are they're actually seeds, right? Like if you yeah. wanted to plant um, corn or you know a tree, you would plant a seed, right? Yeah. And we'd bury it in the soil and we'd give it water, and it would be warm in the soil, and we'd get some sun to warm it up, and it'd get water and all that kind of stuff. And then pretty soon that seed would pop open, and you'd see the little sprout come out of it, right? Well, so when that seed pops open with that little sprout. It has all the nutrients and all the life-giving abundance that's going to make that tree grow. So the minute it goes from being that tightly closed seed that you could store for like for two, three, four years, right? You could just store those beans. You, you can store them because they're so stable like that. Well, there's not a lot of nutrients in them when they're like that. But the minute we say, okay, here's some water, here's some sunlight, it's time to grow, and they burst with energy. So when we soak or sprout the nuts or the beans or something like that, it's stimulating all those enzymes to kick into action and those nutrients actually become alive. And then when so, we eat the food, it's actually more energized and more minerals are activated in them when we do that. So when you just like say buy the beans at the store, they're like, like they're dormant mm -hmm. and then um, you're like coaxing them out of their shell almost. Kind like, of. Yeah. Yeah. 
okay. it's stimulating them. The enzymes start kicking in and things start growing and, and becoming more available to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, Leah. I have another question. Okay. And then I get to ask a question after this. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to answer. Okay. Um, so, like, my question is, I think you told me this before, but I just forgot. So, um, the, what does organic, why is organic better? But let me just try to answer myself okay. if I remember. So, like, last time I think you told me that sometimes they spray things on plants and they have chemicals in them. And then when you pick them, you eat the chemicals. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then organic is like you don't spray it on and then you eat it and you wash it and it doesn't have those on. That's right. So they're spraying the plants to kill off bugs and beetles and different things that'll eat the plant. So like, you know, things that'll make holes in the fruit or things that'll eat the leaves. So Like little worms? Yeah. Like so in an they're, apple? they're spraying pesticides on the plants. And then a lot of times those pesticides are in the soil and they get inside the plant, not just on the skin. So they're... They're all around and inside the plant. So we try to eat organic food so that you guys aren't getting pesticides inside your little bodies. Okay. So you want to keep us healthy. That's right. Your turn. Okay. How do we go about eating treats? So I'll ask Leah. When we are going to, let's say we're going to have a birthday party and we're going to have like Gammy's birthday party and we know we're going to have some birthday cake that night after dinner. What do you do the rest of the day? that gets you ready to have that treat that night so normally i don't try i tell her if i'm gonna have no treats and i probably don't normally don't have any treats and if i have anything sweet i'll tell mom or if it's like a cookie if we went over to someone's house for lunch that day then i'll tell mom and normally she says it's okay you can still have it but I don't want to have too much treats because then we're gonna have something that di- night. Right, so we just try to limit it, right? So if you're gonna have um, something special in the night for dinner after dinner for dessert, then we may- we will maybe not have the treat for cookie for lunch, or we might not have you know something at the friend's house that afternoon, so we can save it for dessert, right? Or if we do have something, say a cookie, we don't have as big of a piece of I don't know cake or something at night. Right. So we have, we'll choose one thing, right? We'll say, mm-hmm. if we had a cookie at lunchtime, that was, that was your dessert. So tonight for dessert, you have fruit or you have nuts. Yeah. Well, do you, you guys have treats yeah. now with the wellness policy, with well, birthday parties? Well, like for birthday parties, sometimes people might bring in something. I don't know. Like one time, I think someone brought in donut. Like, I think oh, someone brought in donuts. Uh, well, it was this year. I think someone brought in donuts, and we each had one donut, and I didn't have one. Well, I did, but I had half of one. That's so good. I ha- had half of a donut, um, and someone else had the other half. And so, I don't so eat some <coughs> treats at our school. And uh, the wellness Except policy. for parties. So they have, like, now they have the exemption day, mm-hmm. so once once a month. That's normally for, like, a party, so say, like, the Christmas party or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But when I'm at parties, I just, like, we always tell our mom that we have parties. And whenever I have parties, I don't feel like I have to, like, slim myself. Well, I kind of do. But because norm, normally she just says, 
you, you can have some, but just... Don't you, go overboard. Yeah, you know how much you can have. So yeah. you guys are pretty good about moderation now, right? And, and also, since, there's, since yeah. there's not parties every single week at school now, we are better with you know, having, doing some in moderation like once a month. Yeah, because that was just the Valentine's party. All right, let's do one more question each. Does anyone have one ready? Um, Ashton, I have a question for you, or both of you, but let's start with Ashton. Um, Why are, why does mommy try to, why does mommy give you healthy fats? Why do we eat healthy fats? So what part of your body is it good for? Can you name a part of your body that healthy fat is really good for? Your brain. Good, your brain. Very good. Especially it, growing. Your your brains are Oh, growing. doesn't it have like omega-3 in it? Uh-huh. And that is what helps your brain. Well, the fats do contain nutrients, and it's healthy, the omega-3s it's and like all. like a meat. It's basically like meat, well, right? So fat, but, no, fats do specific things in your body, and brain brain health is one of the major ones. And But fats also are really important for our cell membranes and every cell of our body needs fats and if we don't have the healthy kind of fats then our bodies build our cell membranes with unhealthy fats and that's you know then those cells don't last very long so we want the healthy fats to build healthy cells and healthy brains so that we're smart and we have good we're in good moods and feel good and fat gives you energy and so that's why we eat the healthy fats leah can you name Let's say four or five, or maybe between the two of you, name four or five healthy fats that we eat in our house. <gasps> um, raw butter, raw milk. Yeah. Raw milk sometimes. Avocado. Okay. Um, what do we cook with? We cook with olive oil a lot, mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah, no render like oil. duck fat. Okay. And coconut oil. Yeah, coconut oil. Palm yeah. oil sometimes. Not, you don't use that much. Oh, I have some in the in the pantry, but it's really strong smelling. And what did you say, Leah? No. What do we not use? Vegetable oil. Good. Or canola or safflower or sunflower. Right. And I corn oil and cottonseed oil and all that. Okay, Leah's turn. I have two really short questions. So, um, my first one is, so, when you're eating, like, jelly is just fruits. Like, it's, like, grapes, <clears throat> marmalade is, like, oranges, orange marmalade or orange something like zest. that. Um, what, how, so like you normally tell us that it's not that healthy for us, the jello, but you'll let us have like the fruit that it's made out of. Mm-hmm. So how do they, why is it different? Do they add more sugar or something? Can I try to answer? Yeah. Well, so yeah, I think they add more sugar and then they have to have a way to turn it shelf stable and they have to have a way to make it the consistency it is. So, and those could include like um, preservatives. Then depending on the brand, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make, it wouldn't be a good preservative mm-hmm. or it, um, and. So jams, when you make jams and jellies and stuff, you cook down the fruit. So you're concentrating the fruit down and a lot of the liquid is taken out. So just like what we talk so about. So it's a lot more like sugar to, sh- oh. sugar to like, um, material ratio. Yeah, the water is taken out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. Like when we dehydrate. And there's sugar added too. Like when we dehydrate fruit, all the actual fruit has the sugar in it, and then the juice doesn't have like all the more. So like when you dehydrate it, you take all the water out. You take all 
the like juice out and that makes it less healthy because then it's just left with the sugar concentrated much. sugar yeah. right in the dried fruit good and then my next question and then we're gonna wrap this up one no, more I have one. okay one each then go for it okay so my question my next my last question is why is vegetable oil and canola oil bad for you aren't they because vegetable oil is vegetable oil. Right. You yeah. think of it coming from vegetables, so you'd think it would be really healthy, right? Yeah, but why, why aren't they healthy, and how, how is olive oil better? Good question, Leah. Okay, so the vegetable oils are basically coming from soybean oil, corn oil, sometimes cottonseed oil, safflower oil, stuff like that. And these are highly processed. So if you think of a soybean, can you imagine getting oil out of a soybean? Like if you squished it. <laughs> so in order to get oil out of these seeds or beans or grains or whatever they are, um, they're highly processed with lots of heat, which damages them, and lots of chemicals. Because it's virtually impossible to get oil out of them otherwise. And then there, there are chemicals added to them to to take out the, the different colorings and the different, um, they, they're real stinky, so then they're deodorized. So it, they're just highly, highly processed. So, and they're also coming from not very good sources to begin with. So that's why, and then they are polyunsaturated fats is another thing, which is getting a little more confusing, but they're not stable fats. And again, they go into your body and your body uses them to make your cell membranes. And because polyunsaturated fats are unstable, they don't make good cell membrane fats. So they can fall apart and break, kind of like a wine glass. You know how easily those break when you set them in the sink? That's what those fats are like in your body when your body tries to use them to build cells. Okay. So I have two questions. So one, um, why are organic foods so much more expensive when they've done nothing to them? Well, because it is harder to grow them because when you're not spraying them with pesticides... They do get eaten and destroyed a lot of times by bugs. And it's just, it's like mass farming when you're using chemicals and using chemical fertilizers and you're using an even fertilizer that, you know, makes things grow really big and really fast. Those are all, you know, some unnatural added chemicals to make things grow really fast. Whereas if you do it in a natural way, you can't grow as much, you can't grow it as fast. Sometimes pests eat it. So it makes it a harder process. Well, then how about raw milk? Like what, like... You would have to spend so much more time. Like, you milk it the same way. Like So why is raw milk so much so more why, expensive? Yeah, why when is it so much more expensive when you have to... When the pasteurized milk, they, like, boil it down mm-hmm. and add stuff to make it, you know, like... Well, because, first of all, you've got to, they've got to take really good care of the cows. The cows have to be really healthy. The process of milking them and keeping everything really, really clean... So it's, it's not just the process of getting the milk and then getting that milk to you. It's the whole idea of the organic, their grass, they're raised on pasture, they're really healthy, they're not given, you know, a bunch of antibiotics. They're, they have to be kept healthy because you don't want the milk to be yucky and you don't want the milk to be, you know, a lot of times they're pasteurizing milk because it's got yucky bacteria because the cow was sick. So they're just pasteurizing it just to make it safe. But if you're going to do raw milk, it's got to be clean and good and high quality and really safe from the beginning. Yeah. So it's the whole process. Okay, and then, so healthier foods, say like um, kale and beets and um, arugula, things like that, 
like kind of back to like that sugar thing. Why does sugar so sugar is bad for you, but things that are unhealthy taste good and things that are healthy taste bad. Like why is that? Well, not everything, right? But you know, one well, of the like typically like or to most people. Okay, so one know? of the there's a lot of probably answers to that question, but one of them is that generally in this country and hopefully not us so much you guys eat very well but when you grow up eating really highly palatable foods which means they taste really good and why do they taste really good there's usually a lot of sugar and salt added there's you know all sorts of additives not like that many tastes well it's but it's highly you know flavored right usually really sugary so we're used to kids grow up being used to really sugary foods so then they don't like arugula because arugula is really bitter and spicy they don't like, you know, kale because it has no flavor. They don't even like a sweet potato because if you're used to eating something really sugary, a sweet potato really isn't sweet. Now, if you get used to not eating highly sugar and highly processed foods, you'll start liking those less sweet things, which I think you guys probably do a little bit more, right? Um, so that's a big part of it is not getting so used to foods that are so highly sugared, for one. I really like romaine. Yeah. So I guess the other part is going back to the beginning, which is probably a good good full circle to finish off our podcast, is that humans are drawn to sugary things because like we said before, we, you know, when we do have those berries in nature, we wanted to go for them when you have honey. Like honey was really hard to get. Imagine trying to get honey yeah. as a hunter-gatherer. But that was something that, you know, we wanted the motivation to go for because it was sweet and there wasn't that much around that was sweet. And so when... You know, those things were probably fairly nutritious. And so that drive to get something sweet was beneficial back then. And it hasn't evolved out of us yet. But going to some of the flavor things, a lot of times you have to develop an appreciation and a palate, which means the way your tongue, the way you taste things, the way you like things, for things like arugula and bitter things and spicy things. And having sort of a varied palate comes from developing it from when you're young. And unfortunately, most of us in America, we, do, we don't eat a very wide palate. We eat just ketchup and things that are a little bit salty. And we don't eat all those foods that have all those different flavors and bitter and pungent and spicy and all those things. We don't have a very varied palate. We just eat ketchup and chicken. And or umami. And- that's right. The flavor of umami, which is just that well-rounded flavor. So we got to work on it. You got to work on your palate and you got to feed your kids all these different kinds of things so they can grow to like those things. Sound good? Yep. All right. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. That was super fun. We really enjoyed you. Yeah, you guys are pretty smart. I'm proud of you. Bye.